I would like to start by saying that originally my wife did not approve this. That is not true. Because you guys you guys cuss on the show. And no, she no, thought it I was... said it in front of the children. Just don't play it while the children <laughs> are awake. So... I highly approve of drinking and cussing and shenanigans, so... Yeah, we've yeah. had a surprising amount of soccer moms who like played the podcast without like with their kids in the car. It doesn't make sense to me. Oh, it makes perfect sense to me. They <laughs> need to hear my voice at all hours of the day and night. I understand yeah. their husbands are terrible. I am not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday, September 29, 2016, and this is Catching Foxes, America's number one rated Catholic podcast that's at least PG-13. We've had a handful of pretty intense episodes lately, so we decided with this interview to have some fun, which, yes, includes large quantities of Miller Lite. You are going to love our interview with Jackie Francois and her husband, Bobby the Sea Urchin. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 62, Exacerbating Angels. Enjoy. You know, I actually uh, heard this story about a Christian-like singer-songwriter guy who was in a writing meeting, and all of these executives told him that he needed to write to soccer moms whose husbands were probably cheating on them. That's how to get on uh, K-Love. Oh, my gosh. I heard that same story because that's pretty much why most Christian music is men, like, you know, men in mm-hmm. their 40s, and they're writing the songs for the soccer moms. And he looks like the guy from uh, House Flippers and, you know, what's next? No one watched that show? Okay, no, sorry. I'll, no, no. Sorry. You would have said Chip from... Uh, but that's uh, what I meant. Chip. Uh, Joanna Gaines. Joanna Gaines, uh, the cutest couple ever. They Chip. really are. He's yeah. stud. They are cute. Chip is my spirit animal. <laughs> yeah, okay. Ron <laughs> Swanson, spirit animal. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, but seriously, talk more about us. Talk more about Catching Foxes. It's, it's my oh, favorite Bobby, topic. Bobby listens to your podcast every night while he is washing dishes. He puts your podcast on. So I associate your voices with washing a dish. In fact, I compulsively may wash a dish tonight. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Are you it guys... just happened. I don't know. <laughs> Everything is so damn clean. Um, <laughs> so what have you guys been up to today? What is your day? This is not a part of the show. What is your day like today? Oh, gosh. So, is this one of those, like, it's not part of the show, but you're going to leave it in the show? No, mm-hmm. no. Well, no, maybe. that happens every maybe. time. Yeah. Did okay. you hear the Raymond well, Arroyo thing? I did not expect that to be in there. Raymond Arroyo. Evanescence, I've learned so much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will sum up my day with a quote from my friend who said, she said, like, some days I ask myself, how can I be a better mom? And, you know, Lord, how can I do better? And then some days I'm proud of myself for not selling my children on Craigslist. Well, yes. today was one of those latter days. Um, <laughs> so my, my, our toddler is sick and she is constantly whining. And it's just, it's sad, but it's, she's, oh my gosh. I just, I just wanted to sell her on Craigslist. Yeah. So that was my day. How, I, how old are I you was, kiddos? Abigail's two, and then Zaylee is seven months. Nice, nice. Yeah, hey, so I, mean, I had a, I had I, a rough. I, I like all their birthday pictures and stuff. I mean, I've I've done that on Facebook at least, right? I just got to keep track That's of it creepy. better. It's not, <laughs> it's not creepy. There's no there's no need for small talk anymore because of Facebook. It's like, so how's your family doing? I already know. You know, I know. Like, I already I know. know. 
I saw your vacation photos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a weird trip. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Bobby, how was your day? Yeah, I work at an all-boys Catholic high school. It nice. smells awful. Um, <laughs> I love it. So I teach two theology classes, and then I do campus ministry. So, What theology classes do you teach? I teach freshmen. God help them. Um, the God worst. Help them. Is, that like, no. is that literally the title of the class? Freshmen, God help them. Theology 101. <laughs> God help you all. It's, um, it's, it's, yeah, the freshman level, they're still respectful and scared. It's actually, I like it. Yeah. Seniors, sophomores up, they don't care. You're an idiot. And um, it's kind of like a Catholicism 101. And so I assume they know nothing, which is a fair assumption. Um, mm-hmm. Usually the K through 8 Catholic kids are the most like, what? Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll never forget a kid who uh, I did a Bible study at my church, my first Bible study I ever did. And I thought, well, we'll just walk through First Corinthians and everyone will want to come to this Bible study. And uh, and literally, it was just me quoting Scott Hahn for an hour and a half. And uh, the kids would come, and kids mostly kids would go. And one kid came; it was his first one, and he's like, "Wow, you know, I went to eight years of Catholic school, so I didn't know a lot of this stuff." And then we started talking, and I was going on, and he's like, "Wait, wait, 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 real quick." So Jesus died on the cross. Oh my God! Literally, this is what the kid said, and I go, "Excuse me," and he goes. I mean, like, he died, right? Because, I mean, in all the images, his eyes are, like, open and... Oh, my gosh. And they go, but he goes, but isn't he, like, alive, to, like, today? Like, isn't that the miracle? And I was like, oh, oh, but the resurrection. And I was like, you know what that means? Like, coming back from the dead? And he's like, oh! And it was at that moment that I knew that Catholic schools suck. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had my moment when... um Bobby and I were doing a retreat and it was for confirmation kids. We were giving the keynotes at this retreat and I had, I sat in a small group and I asked them what the good news was and like the gospel. I said, what is the good news? I was like, cause gospel means good news. And they couldn't tell me. I said, so why did Jesus come? Like they really yeah, yeah. did not ever think, I said, why did he come? And they like, they, and then I said, okay, why did he die for us? Like, why did we need to be like, they really just didn't know even the basic message of Christianity. And they were getting confirmed in two weeks. I just want to take this time to uh, give a big thank you to all of the baby boomers that make our job so easy slash frustrating. (laughs) Here's, here's my kids convert them. Yeah. The baby boomers (laughs) give me a job. So thank you, baby boomers. (laughs) Hi, I'm America's Catholic baby boomer. And I want to say, I don't know anything about my faith, but I'll be pissed if you don't teach my kids everything about the faith. Yes. Oh my God. I'll be filling out Uh, a complete card to your pastor every day. I'm going to tell you know what's beautiful do you guys get to do any like young adult or adult ministry yes and we love it we love it i wish we did more college young adult ministry yeah young adult is where it is at it is so well for me i love doing adult ministry but it is so fun because if there is a glimmer of like responsiveness to the faith it's the greatest experience of all time because they're like life is so new and fresh and now it's on their terms and you just get to work with that, and they're not as big of a—they're not as big of assholes as high school students and middle school students could be. They're just—they're—they're. Yeah. Well, like, you don't have to worry about chaperoning them. Oh, it's the best mm-hmm. part. It's the best. Yep. Part. 
And well, and you don't have to worry about safe environment. Like I literally, when we, I gave a, a talk to the young adults at a studentville conference. There's the words. Conference. There's, there's words you don't have to filter out. Yes, I don't have to. I don't have to filter. And I had some of these young adults come up to me and they said, "Oh my gosh, Jackie, I've heard you as a teenager, and now I've heard you as a young adult. It's so much better as a young adult. It's because I don't have to filter." Like I can say the word horny, and they 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 can laugh, but I don't have to worry that safe environment police are gonna come arrest me. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Will you do me a favor and use the word horny in a sentence? Go. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I get if I gave a talk at a young adult conference, I would just drink on stage. <laughs> I would just I would be like Ron Swanson. Unashamed. Not as cool. Yeah. Yeah. You would have a shirt that said unashamed. You would walk out there and you're like, what? They do it on Mad Men. And then just drink. <laughs> clink, clink, clink. Oh, my God. So, can I tell you, in the seminary, we had Mad Men Mondays. There was a group. <sighs> there, was awesome. a group there was a group of four of us. One of them had them, all, had them all in DVD. And we would watch them like two or three episodes on Mondays. It was became my favorite night of the week. And, <laughs> and but you can't drink you can't watch that show sober it's profound oh, no it's yeah. so depressing so we would drink every time don draper would take a sip <laughs> so by the second third episode you're like shouting at the tv screen <laughs> and, an idiot, and these are like the future priests of america and <laughs> i done you jones a good awesome. person yeah. <laughs> you call that art direction? <laughs> Roger <Okay>. Sterling. <laughs> That's my favorite. Like no one has, no one has made any comments about any of my Roger Sterling little uh, nope. jokes that I've been doing recently. Nope. It, it makes me sad. Here I am. Here I am. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank you. So I don't know you two at all. So I'm Luke, by the way. Hello. Hi, Luke. Nice Hi, to Luke. meet you. Luke, you they know well. everything about you, though. <laughs> Welcome to my life now. Everyone I meet knows everything about me. That's <laughs> uh, true. Uh, Gomer, you're probably going to have to carry the first part because I'm still waking up. Nope. Nope. I like the awkward silence. It makes me feel good about myself. No, so what would you say, uh, yeah, Jackie, you, now I met you like, oh man, maybe like eight years ago at a uh, Life Teen Cove Crest Priest Musicians and Hosts Conference. Do you remember that? Like in the ancient of days? Yes. yes. No, you're lying. You're totally lying right now. (gasps) Well, I thought I met you before that when you possibly were a host because i i've been like on summer staff but maybe maybe that's when it was because mm. i i was trying to remember but I, I knew it was at cove crest at some point but i didn't remember that it was the, but i now i remember that was the i think that's the only priest host musician conference i've been to yeah they canceled them pretty quickly which is sad because they were awesome but i oh, think yeah. i think we drank too much <laughs> on cove crest <laughs> I, they they had this very funny relationship with drinking it's like I, they they did not want it at all because obviously you're working and you're around kids. I'm not saying you're drinking at dinner, but like having a beer with a bunch of people that you haven't seen in a year. You know, there's and anywho, anywho. So that's when I first Oops. met you. Yeah. I'm hearing wounds. I know. <laughs> I'm I'm so broken. I well for number one, I'm very happy. I'm no longer doing that. Uh, I love doing summer camp stuff, but man, it is exhausting. I mean, you are on for twelve to sixteen hours a day. Yes. And then you go to sleep, and then you wake up, and it's like, hey, just let you know, we have a youth minister coffee talk at 6 a.m. Good luck singing. (laughs) You're like, (laughs) (laughs) why? 
And when and when you're the musician, you have to sing at that, which is even worse because you're like, have oh, it's it's uh, here I am, yeah, <laughs> bullfrog. Yeah, Sounds the my favorite thing was I was always paired with either Ben Walther or Mikey Needleman. And they both were like, I hate singing in the morning. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just talk long until your voice gets ready. <laughs> That's what I would do. No problem there. I think every musician hates singing in the morning. It's terrible. Yeah. Are you, oh. would you consider yourself, Jackie, a speaker, a musician? What's your primary thing? <laughs> That's really funny because this, this weekend I had one person was like, oh, Jackie, I didn't know you were a singer. And then I had somebody else be like, oh, Jackie, I didn't know you were a speaker. <laughs> it was just funny. Like, they both had seen me leading, one had seen me leading worship, one had seen me speaking. They didn't know I was. I would say I probably do most speaking, but when I speak, I almost always include music. So, like, I always lead worship at the end or, um, but, yeah, probably only maybe 10% of the things I do, I do with my band or uh, maybe, like, 15%. I don't know. Yeah, or like purely lead worship. So most of it is speaking, um, and a little bit of it is leading. But yeah, I always try to include music in the speaking. How, uh, when you're speaking, how do you feel like, I don't know, how do you feel like you're being received? Because I know one of the the big comments kind of going around in a lot of uh, Catholic circles is that there's so many men in the Catholic speaking circuit, right? It's like five times as many men as there are women. Uh, and that's both good and bad, right? Because like good, it's like, yeah, then the women that are out there get asked often, but bad because they usually think of women second to lead something or whatever. I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, somebody once told me, and I think this, this was a wound <laughs> is that they told me they're like, men can speak to both men and women and women can really only speak to women. I was like, Wow, that, yeah, yeah. that's I've, terrible. I don't know who said that, but I've had that exact comment said to me. Yeah. Real? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's as if it's as if like the Holy Spirit only can work through men. Like it's just and, and it's funny because I've not had that experience. Like that's in the catechism, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Paragraph 1098. Somewhere yeah. in the back. <laughs> Aw, Simpsons Holy quote. Holy Spirit works more through men than they do through it does their woman. So, no. Um, it's science. I feel, <laughs> you know, I've had. um I've had good – now, my, I, I will say my favorite ministry is towards women, with with women, with, you know, like young adult women, adult women, young – like high school. I love women's ministry because I feel like I can speak to a deeper – like, again, it's kind of with young adults. Like you can go a deep to a deeper place, right? Um, so I really enjoy women's ministry. However, I've – you know, I did have that like fear, like am I not going to be able to speak to the guys? But I've had – like young guys come up to me like Jackie, I went into the seminary after I heard you talk like, or I did, you know, I, I've just had young men come up and say, like, I have my conversion. So I don't listen to that kind of crap. Yeah. Like I'm like, you know, the Holy spirit will speak to who through whomever and to whoever, you know, you think that person maybe was saying, I don't, it's not that like the Holy spirit always speaks through men, but men are young men are such assholes that they won't listen to women. You know, it's like, I mean, it's, yeah. yeah. That, that could be and that could be the case. But however, I feel like when you use humor, humor, it breaks down the barriers of, you know, and I feel like yeah. when you're authentic and I do see, you know, there are some 
female speakers and I don't feel like any of them are really national, but they're like super girly girl. And like, yeah. even like a lot of girls don't like that. And, uh, you know, it's weird. I've noticed that a lot of the female speakers that are like the speakers, female conferences, a lot of us have deeper voices. Isn't that strange? I don't, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but none of us have really like super high pitched. I, I, I'm a musician. So I kind of told that to Bobby. I was like, a lot of the women have deeper voices. And I wonder if that, I don't know if it's like a, I don't know. I don't know what, what it is about, like a commanding thing or maybe like a science. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think like it just, the, yeah, just the arena style of like a big conference. The reality is you have to command a room, you know? Yeah. And if you're mm-hmm. mousy, uh, you can't really do that. If you're shrill, you can't really do that. But if you have that, that solid tone, I think uh, I think that you could do that. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You know I, or, um... or everyone's just sexist. <laughs> we all want to be men. <laughs> You're all in transition in one way or another. <laughs> if Caitlyn Jenner has, has taught us anything, which she right. hasn't, it's that everything. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so okay, so we've we've actually kind of talked about this um, like in like a much earlier podcast, but I think it'd be interesting to bring it back uh back up do any of you guys like think that those big events are starting to kind of like wear thin that we're you know uh that we are transitioning out of them or their effectiveness um i think there will always be a time like a i don't think so i mean i think discipleship it, it has to come out from that right but i feel like there's always a time for like this uh, evangelistic kind of um, thing, which I think these conferences are, they're kind of like a hype up for Jesus and they get you excited. And I know for me, that was kind of my conversion happened through that, but then it had to go deeper. Like I couldn't just stay on that mode. Yeah. Know? I think, cause I, I'm here because of a student bill conference when I was 18. Otherwise I'd be a lukewarm Catholic in the pew today, probably if even going at all. And so mm-hmm. I think absolutely like there's a need they're going to, I think, for like that conversion, that wake up, that excitement. If you don't come from a youthful parish and you see 3,000 teenagers worshiping, that knocks you on your butt. Oh, but yeah. Then, yeah. But then where do I go from that? And my faith cannot be based on a three day conference every summer or a feeling, you know, it can't be based. Yeah. On and so I, I think there's a hunger now for when I revisit it, it doesn't satisfy. I need to go deeper. And so you see a lot of, programs you see a lot of more discipleship focused Mm -hmm. resources coming about and i think that's a very healthy thing i don't think the conferences will go go away i hope they don't go away Um, yeah no i would agree i i i'm uh so without giving too much away because of my work and blah 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 um i i kind of think that we are at a point right now where because it used to be like go to a go to a student conference and then you have to till the soil after that kind of a thing and that's where they got the stairway shot and i think what's kind of happening right now is there are there are a lot more opportunities so you have like you can um have teens like adults or like or like you know whoever where you can have them go to an event based upon where they are or like what's going what's going to help them um grow in into their like in their faith as opposed to the like the old model which i think is probably true when like uh like um we were all in um in because like i'm 
kind of assuming that we are like all the same age, but back like in the nineties and stuff, it was like, yeah, just like go to a single thing, have a conversion and, you know, and, uh, and, um, let's see what happens where I think right now there's a lot more opportunities for like your faith walk. I don't know. Does that make well, sense? I'll just say this real quick, Luke, just so you know, Jackie's only 17. Oh, wow. Way to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bobby for the win or lose. I don't know what to say. Bobby, this is actually an intervention. Um, what are you doing dating and marrying 20, uh, seven year, 17 year olds? Oh, God. Uh, so, no, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly backpedal. Um, hey, we may need to pause for a second. Hey, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! The audio is doing really weird things on our on our end. Like you. Guys, you oh, did we like get? Ro- we got robot voiced. Are we still robot voiced? It, it's going in and out. So it's ooh, in and out. Sounds so good right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm, I miss in and out. I need a double double. Right oh, I want one of their milkshakes right now. Hey, Gomer, can I make a request? Yes. You know how you insert audio clips during yes. the podcast at random intervals? Nickelback's hero <laughs> has been speaking to my heart ever since that one podcast. <laughs> Can I just get like an eight-second clip right here? Bobby. Bobby. And yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'm gonna date Avril Lavigne. That song, that song was dormant in my subconscious for like years. <laughs> yeah, I was. I don't know when I how old I was when the first Spider Man came out, but I had that album. <laughs> <laughs> Why? It just like unlocked my adolescent self. It was beautiful. You're welcome. You're welcome. I was watch, I was washing a dish and I was crying. It just <laughs> the tears. You cleaned the tears. Fell onto the dish and cleaned it itself. <laughs> <laughs> and then you dried it with your hair. And then your wife walked in and caught you and said, use a towel, you stupid, stupid man. <laughs> I got no, it. I said, use my thing. hair, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look at these beautiful blonde locks. They're so flowy. <laughs> they're, hey, they're red now. Red locks. <laughs> what? You got he's, red? Gone, he's gone Jean Grey. Yeah. Oh, shoe girl. Shoe. I'm going to have to Google that shit. I know. Come on, you ain't following my Instagram, are you? Seriously. No, no I, I don't follow anyone on Instagram. I hate uh, Instagram. You selfish bastard. <laughs> Dwight, you ignorant slut. <laughs> so which Jackie should I follow on Facebook? Do you have this the um, secret personal account? The JJ yeah, the account? Personal. Yeah. Okay. You can follow both. Gosh. Like I'm gonna take I up mean, that I much do- of you. Let's tell 3,000 people about her personal account. Go on. Uh, (laughs) What a creeper. No, yeah. My personal account is where I uh, post all, you know, all my personal stuff. Yeah. Like children. (laughs) Like children. Yeah, I don't want the. Yeah, I mean, just I I post more often. I don't. I'm having a tough time with social media of like knowing how much to post. And it's kind of this. I hate hate it so much. Like, well, you should post it because you got to like, you know, keep. Keep like your, I don't know. It's like this. I hate it. This. I, I kind of want to get off of so, social can media. Can I? Can I throw this out to you guys? Yeah. <laughs> In terms of like new evangelization and what Christ will hold us accountable for. Go so, on. 
I yeah, go on. That's my favorite Gilmer <laughs> line. Go on. I stole it from Luke. <laughs> I'm just about to say that. My favorite is when he says anywho. 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 That's our drinking game. Hey, real quick, just so you know, I toned it down because apparently in the first five episodes, I said it like every other sentence. And, and people some... were getting drunk in the drinking game of Anywho. <laughs> I didn't know it was a drinking we, game. But no, someone we really wrote it. do in. need a Catching Foxes uh, drinking game. Like, someone's got to create that. Come yeah. on, nerds. It's a board game. But someone wrote in and said, <laughs> will you please stop saying Anywho? Thank you. Otherwise, great show. Love it. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I think I tweeted you. I tweeted and said to you, I love, because I say Anywho as well, yeah. but. You used it gratuitously, and it was. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean to. I don't mean to. Uh. Anyway, anywho. Uh, so, <laughs> boom, boom. So, on social media, I am a bit of a Ron Swanson. I like to be off the grid. <laughs> I don't care for it. And yet I feel like these these are at our fingertips, and Jesus will say, I gave you these things. Why didn't you evangelize through them? And <laughs> I don't know how I don't know the old the old man in me says I don't care I'd rather do face-to-face evangelization let me focus on that and yet I feel like I ought to be doing more so I just want to throw out to you guys have you wrestled with this same dilemma absolutely I I'm inclined to say that real inner real interaction is always better and anything that's done online should always be as a means to an end. So like our podcast is great. Like we do it online. It's, you know, like it's fun. It's opened up a lot of doors and stuff, but I do not, if that was all that we did, like if that was the only kind of ministry that we did, I think it'd be very hollow Ooh. and very shallow. So I think it's um, a supplement to all the other things that we uh, are that we are currently like doing, and I don't think it's it really is required at all. Like I'm like, like I'm kind of like over, uh, like I, I don't think we should ever talk again about why you need to be on like online to be involved in the new event adjudication. If anything, I like I think it's the exact opposite that that, that we need to be doing personal accompaniment, which can only go. Like they're, they're, you only only go so far with that. Oh, Luke, you just put me to sleep with all your righteous indignation. <laughs> no, this is how I feel about social media. Social so media is just <laughs> what you talk. That's Daddy's piggy. Piggy's got the conk. Piggy's got the conk. Um, that is not what I thought you said. Go on. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with. No, my my view of social media is is simply this. It doesn't need to be another thing that guilt trips me in my life. I have enough of that, thank you. I'm married. I don't need another thing <laughs> guilt tripping me. The most impo- the most important thing that we can do about social media is pick one. Like there are so many things that is competing for your time and attention. Facebook for the fake way you want to post longer things and pictures and share them with your Aunt Ethel. Uh, Snapchat for all the things you would never share with your Aunt Ethel. Uh, you know, like, it's just, like, all these different stuff. I think you, there is no obligation in any way, shape, or form. Now, if you want to maintain an audience, uh, this is the greatest time in the history of the world uh, to do that. Because, it's so like, something like Facebook, our, our Catching Foxes podcast, someone, when we did our, our contest to um, 
give people free books in order to to purchase from them reviews on iTunes. Uh, we had one guy write, and I'll never forget this. He said they they do an excellent job of engaging people on their Facebook page. You can actually reach out, and they will talk to you multiple times that day. And that's really important for me. But if if that was Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and then it's going to dilute your ability to actually respond. So I think there's a there's a a careful balance what your soul can tolerate and then what's really actually important to drive the ministry. No, yeah. I would I um I would agree with that, but I would just oh, add yeah. that I don't think I don't think it's um like it's that it's necessary for like just your day-to-day life. It's a luxury. Anima technica vacua. Yeah, which is like I, I'm like if if I do get a master's, I'm probably gonna write like I will write a thesis on that because I think it's such a real thing. I don't know, and I still don't know exactly what it is, but like <laughs> it's it's so I'm like oh my like I just it's crazy. Those Latin crazy. words sound fucking awesome. I know. That's I wonder what catfishing. <laughs> I want to watch Blue Dog Saints now and get a tattoo on my fingers. Uh, Very tough. It, uh, yeah. So I mean, I, I don't know if that really answers. Uh, well, I thought that okay, my answers were awful. His were great. Go with Gomer. Lord, prepare me. That's all. Go with Gomer. You can go, Gomer. Oh man, <laughs> he's gonna title that episode. Go this episode. Go with Gomer. Now. That's exactly what's gonna happen. Go with Gomer with Jackie and Bobby. <laughs> can I just say? I just want to tell everyone like my love affair. Oh, let me rephrase that. My ardent admiration and friendship with you two as a couple was started. Uh, was it two years ago or three? I don't even remember. Well, we did like three Steubenville conferences in a row. It was two because I was pregnant with Abby. Abby. Yes, and, uh, and I was pregnant with Thomas. Go on. <laughs> you were pregnant <laughs> with the love of Christ. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Is that what that was? I just thought it was my morbid <laughs> obesity. Okay, continue. <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah, we had a few conferences with you, and I was so excited for Bobby to meet you because uh, I I love – I mean, not that I have a love affair with Gomer. That's terrible. I'm not a cat. I'm not strangely, strangely okay with it. <laughs> Just roll with it. Just I'm roll. very good with it. I, I've been in that boat for 15 years. <laughs> Welcome aboard. There are scores of soccer moms listening to my voice right now who are in the same boat. But I told Bobby, I said, Bobby, there are a few people in my life who I, I really, because I, I feel like their opinion it to me it matters because they are they're moderate like they I trust their opinion and you're one of those people Gomer just because you're you're very balanced you're very you're not you know like I don't know I feel like you are virtuous but I also love your humor and so when you have an opinion on something you're very smart but you're also not calculated that's not discerning yeah you're discerning Ooh, and nice. so when you post something politically or when you post something I like I trust you and there's only a few people I really, um, really uh, like value. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna listen because Gomer knows his stuff. He's smart, he's discerning, and I tr- like I trust his view. So I told Bobby that. Like, I was like, Bobby, I can't wait for you to meet him because he's so funny. He's I, so smart. I lost myself in your beard <laughs> when I first saw Literally. you. Literally. <laughs> and days later, I emerged better. <laughs> a better man. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> you know, you know, it's so funny though. It's like. 
you should meet Gomer. He's smart and loves Catholic things. And you guys can talk about the beauty of our Lord and the revelation. And literally, we spent hours with Father Michael Schmitz debating Batman comic books and, uh, and the Dark Knight Rises and stuff like that. And the necessity of reboots and et cetera, et cetera. And retconning. It was my favorite part. I mean, it was it was so funny because, like, when we would do the team meeting. So for those of you who don't know, when you do a Steubenville conference drink, you have to um, – You're they spend a lot of time making sure the team is praying together and is gelling as a team as much as they can on a weekend, you know. I go to conferences and, and um, like, archdiocesan and youth rallies and all that stuff where you're just there. Like, you, you two are – totally independent people and you go and you do a show and then you walk away and um but superville conference they want you as a team as a micro community really ministering from that so it was really fun like connecting in that way but then afterwards when especially saturday night when you have like you spend all day building and building and adoration and all this stuff and then afterwards you're like oh all of us went to Damon's when we did the Steubenville conference, and we went down there, and we, I mean, we shut the place down talking about Superman and Batman. And, and we were like, Mar- we just talk about Batman. Like, <laughs> Jesus is great, but... Jesus is great, but there's only so much I can take. No, Zach, Zach Snyder, what the hell? <laughs> the yes. murderverse of the DC universe. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, yeah, those Steubenville conferences were great. Shut up, Luke. Shut up, Luke. (laughs) Why don't you go run back to your maybe archdiocese? (laughs) Enjoy your bureaucracy. We're free spirits. I don't know what you're talking about. We fill out 1099s. We're free spirits. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, it's the worst when you're waiting on those. Oh, I know. Hey, but, okay, so one of my favorite things about you guys is, Jackie, your story. Yeah, what about... Screw you, Gomer. <laughs> one of my favorite things about the two of you is just one of you, Jackie. The other one of you is superfluous and, to be honest, quite ugly. Uh, Jackie. <laughs> See if you can guess which one. <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, yes. Okay, so there's two things I need to say. Number one, you, Jackie, need more um, more stringed instruments in your Facebook profile picture. That being said... <laughs> Uh, could you tell people about the string of men that you have sent into seminary by your reckless dating life and then uh, how you discovered your beautiful Bobby? I love this story. It is literally when I heard that story for the first time, I, uh, the air conditioning unit was clogged the filter and there was stuff in my eye and, and it caused my eyes to water. Right, right. No, it wasn't because um, I'm a real man and I don't cry. But It wasn't, wasn't the onion you were peeling at the time. No, yeah, I, mean, I mean, that might have something to do with it. I don't know. I call it like, and it was funny going through, because I actually was speaking at Zoomo conferences while these relationships, well, actually, like right after one of them ended, I started being a speaker. And so I called it Goldilocks and the Three Boys. That was like my story, because I had <laughs> the, um, the this one boyfriend I did, it was pretty serious. He, he was about to propose, and... Um, I just had this pit in my stomach and I, and I great guy, like awesome, awesome Catholic guy. But I just knew like in my prayer, I just knew that he was not the guy. And I, I didn't know why I was like, Lord, what is wrong with me? Like my family loves it. My friends love it. And, um, yeah, it turns out he was going to surprise me in Rome and propose to me at the Vatican. And he had the mass at the Vatican set up for after he was supposed to propose to me. I mean, it was just elaborate. Oh, like, wow. The Pope was going to be there. The Pope's <laughs> brother was going to be there. It was oh going to be a Pope fest. 
Yes. And, and so this, it was a, it was a rough break. I broke up with him a month before that. And, um, and not knowing that that was going to happen, but good luck with those out- non-refundable plane tickets. Continue. <laughs> well, exactly. So because of that non-refundable plane ticket, he, the next summer, I think he went to Peru to spend a month with these missionary priests. And the summer after that, I get like a note. Remember when you used to get tagged in a note on Facebook? Um, yes. yes. <laughs> so right after got, getting I, poked. Yes, I do. 2006 yeah. was a good year. Gosh, I forgot the poking. My, oh, stop the poking. My space, what? <laughs> no, I still get poked to this day. I uh, still well, get poked. God bless you, Tom. That's your podcast. It's called Gomer. your children, Gomer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your children. Um, yeah, so he, he wrote, he tagged me this note on Facebook saying, like, I'm engaged. He said, but not the way you think. He said, this summer I'm going to seminary to become a priest. And it was just, I, I was like, I knew it. Like, I knew there was a reason I had this pit in my stomach and I, like, I knew it. Um, but anyway, so after that, like, three other guys that I dated or went on dates with went into seminary. Like, one of them, I went on one date with him. And then he, like, after the, he was like, so I'm going to seminary. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Oh my gosh, I just look at you and you go. Um, so, <laughs> Listen, yeah. I just want to say that it was great going to that Italian restaurant, but after I met you, I realized I have to get as far away from women as possible. <laughs> Forever, so, actually. It's amazing. Celibacy was looking really good right now. <laughs> you know, maybe. Um, maybe if so- you were a redhead, things would be different, but right now I'm just scared and I got to be, go to be in seminary. Uh- so basically, yeah, I basically had a priest tell me I should be a vocations director for a diocese because he was like, <laughs> just, you just date guys and they'll go into seminary. You'd be the best vocations. I was like, that's not funny. Um, so basically, I joked with God because I discerned being a nun in college. And, and I said, and I thought to myself, I said, Lord, if I could be a nun, but I'm not called to be one, then I need a man who is could be a good priest, but is not called to be one. And um, I never... I really never thought in my wildest dreams, like it would actually be a guy who's in seminary. And so, um, when I first met Bobby, we were at a theology of the body conference and how appropriate. Yes. No kidding. But interestingly enough, there was another guy who liked me at this conference. We were kind of, we had kind of like been seeing each other throughout, you know, going, visiting each other, whatever. And so I wasn't, I was kind of talking to this other guy and Bobby was there and I met Bobby and I just remember thinking uh, at the end of the week, I was like, that's the kind of guy I want to marry. Now I did not think it was Bobby, but at the end of the week, I told my best friend, I said, seriously, if I could marry any guy in the world, it'd be Bobby angel, but he's in seminary. So whatever. And like, I literally had no, no thought whatsoever that that was a possibility. Like it was so far off remote. Like it was not even a possibility. I was thinking, okay, well let's back this up then. What about And the fact that your last name is Angel makes this so much sweeter. I know. What about know. your angel, your little, sweet little bearded angel that <laughs> that made you what, – like what was it? What was the qualities? Okay. So I had dated some guys who were kind of like the um, – like the the what's like the sweet-talking Catholics. And after I dated that kind of guy, it just – it repulsed me. I was like, ugh. Like the guy who talks the talk but doesn't really walk the walk. And he knows how to sweet talk the Catholic. And it just – when I met Bobby, like he was just a, such a dork. I loved it. Like, <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't talk any talk. No, he didn't. And he wore like these really <laughs> – he wore these really ugly shoes. Like he wasn't a metro at all. Like he just um, – He doesn't yeah, know I, how to dress himself. He doesn't know how to talk to women. He is I, the one. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just thought, yeah, he had really ugly shoes. I just remember that. But he was such a humble, like, funny, and I loved his sense of humor. And it was funny because I didn't even really get to know him that well that week. But I just remember what I did know of him and how his humility and he just was not and again he's a he's a good looking man and he so is not good. a jerk at all like some good looking guys are just jerks and he just was the opposite of that and wasn't the f- well me and luke and bobby all have that in common yes, mm-hmm. yes but the flirt i just can't stand the flirt and he, bobby was not the flirt at all um and i just was so attracted to that humility and that humor and i i was just like, man, that's the kind of guy I want to marry. Like, a guy who's, like, a real, like, a guy, like, a man. And I had a friend, this one girl told me. And, I, and I told, I said the same thing. Like, I'm I'm a strong woman. And she she was engaged. She's like, you know what? I told God, like, I, I need a guy who's more of a man than I am. Like, and I kind of understood. Oh, yeah. Oh, what yeah. You know, because I never wanted to be the the wife who was, like, emasculating her husband because she was, like, the, I wanted a man who made me more of a woman. And and I feel like in the presence of Bobby, I could be a woman. Like, I didn't have to be, like, an emasculating, like, dominating woman. I could be – it was just – yeah. So, anyways, that – I we, we just began this friendship just of, like, we would text each other, like, hey, pray for me. I have this you know, event coming up, but it was very rare. And, but I had this giant crush and I just was like, Oh, well, it's going to have to die. And Bobby felt the same way. Like I was in the seminary. So I was just happy that a pretty blonde girl was talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) She's blonde. She's from California and she's talking to me. Yeah. I think she's talking to me. There's no one else here. (laughs) It is a text message. (laughs) I mean, it is my phone, but you know, I mean, it could be the wrong number. Anima Technica. (laughs) So then, so then like, how do you come out of the seminary then Bobby? Like what, what like led to that ending? Okay. Well, Oh, Stop I'm sorry. Luke, seriously. Okay. <laughs> yeah. She's telling Luke, Luke, this is my, Luke, this is my favorite part is the, the series of novenas that you had to torturously pray. Because oh, oh, oh. It's my favorite yeah. part because it just, see, the part of novenas that scare me is people treat them like, uh, magic. yeah, like magic or yeah. like a slot machine. I put in my money, I pull the lever, give me sevens. Oh, I didn't get sevens, therefore there is no God. Like, but you you prayed this one type of novena that's like you pray for this many days for your intention, and then you pray for this many days thanking God with however He answers that intention. You're gonna thank Him regardless. Well, a year before, three years before, I prayed this novena for Bobby. I prayed it for the second the second boyfriend to start going daily mass on the. 27th day he started going to daily mass and then i started another novena praying that he would like propose and on the 27th day he broke up with me it's a 54 day so yeah the 54 day novena at the middle point at the middle point you got what so the first one was you were dating a catholic guy but he wasn't into like daily mass was it right yeah and you wanted him to be into daily mass yeah, because I've been going to daily mass. I just was like, Lord, I give him like a fervor to want to see you more often. And and sure enough, like the 27th day, the last day of my petition, you know, the next day he started going to daily mass. And I was like, what? Like it actually worked, right? And so I finished that petition. I was so thankful. Well, I was like, I'm going to start another one because this was so successful. And I started seeing kind of the relationship not doing so well. And I prayed like, Lord, I pray that for humility and this guy knows how learns how to love and the selfishness, blah, blah, blah. So on the 27th day, I'm expecting a proposal, right? And the 27th day, the last day of my petition, he breaks up with me and I was devastated. I was so mad, but I, 
then for 27 days had to be thankful that he broke up with me. <laughs> God, and, I just wonder what God is thinking at that moment. Like, guess what I just did? And you're like, Ugh, yeah. Gotta keep and you know what? I actually. You're someone, a good, good father. <laughs> <laughs> I actually heard, I, I heard like Mary say to me, Mary was like, Jackie, there's someone better. And I was like, I was so. Ugh, I was so like annoyed and like because I thought by 27 I'd be married and you know all stuff. So I I like wrote a journal like I was like fine fine I'm gonna be very specific then because Mother Teresa says be specific when you pray. So I like wrote a journal for my future husband. Like I I wrote in this journal like you know Mama Mary I consecrate my future spouse to you. I pray that he is like passionately Catholic, loves daily mass, loves a rosary. I pray that he is ruggedly handsome. Like, you know, I seriously wrote three pages of um, love. Yeah. I said like, watches the office, like has like, (laughs) I just wrote like, um, he's taller than me. Smells good. You know, just like a three page thing. Smells good. Go on. You don't want a man. (laughs) No, he's, I mean, I'm talking pheromones, man. It's the Catholic beard balm. Oh, good. Wow. Yeah. Hey, what so, beard balm are you wearing? What beard? What holy scent? Holy smokes, of course. Holy smokes Man, I'm from wearing uh, the, the Joseph one. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I'm all out of mine, Tony. Anyways, <laughs> go on. <laughs> Tony, who Tony. shall remain unnamed. You should be a sponsor for this this podcast. Hey, oh, the only sponsor we've ever had, and we're still waiting for the check. <laughs> Wait, did you guys win? Win what? Oh. <gasps> No, I Wait, won, but we, uh, we haven't officially officially figured out who won Team Michael versus Team Luke. Oh, well, damn. there was a, there was also a Team Angel. Yeah, and a Tony who shall remain unnamed never got back to us. Yeah, we don't know who won. No, it was Team Gomer. It was me. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, it was all the Zeus and friends. All Wait. those losers. Uh, Wait, I feel lied to right now. I know. I well, thought I, I won. I want you. I want <laughs> Jackie actually won. Damnedest thing. Uh, all that lip balm. Um. the funny thing yeah my wife loves that it's actually great stuff my um but when i talked to uh him a week before the contest ended he said i was i was well ahead of everyone else ridiculous yeah you're welcome thank you america uh so novenas and such go on back to my bobby story so okay so i was writing this journal and i remember i seriously i wrote in this journal for three years and Wow. I, I I saw I saw women it, like every journals. Time. What is it? What is the deal with women and diaries and journals? Like I don't know. You I know, don't know. Teddy Roosevelt kept a journal. Yeah, <laughs> I was like I have a journal. What's wrong with journaling? Nothing's so wrong with it except for the fact that you're a woman, Luke. Go on, Jackie. <laughs> Fair enough. Did you assume his gender? <laughs> Damn it, you're right. So, I apologize. I realized I only have a few pages left of this journal, and I was like, "Oh, dear baby Jesus!" Like I I actually wrote, "Dear baby Jesus." Eight pounds, seven ounce baby Jesus. I said, my ovaries, my ovaries are ticking. So I like wrote this in the journal. I said, so either I only have a few pages left. So either you're going to bring me my future husband really soon, wink, wink, or I'm going to have to start writing really small, you know? And I was like, (laughs) and so I thought, you know what? Maybe I should pray another rosary novena. I haven't done it in a few years. I'm going to do it. I'll do a 54 day novena for my future spouse, like wherever he is. And I, I thought, okay, well, August 15th is, you know, Our Lady, the Assumption, and I'll start 54 days before that. So I started this novena on June 23rd. I remember I was in Beaumont, Texas doing youth conference, and I was about to fly to Theology of the Body conference. Um, I think it was the, was it the Peter Kraft course. Mm-hmm. Peter Kraft was the professor. And, what? That's awesome. Yeah. It was amazing. Like the one and only time he's done it. Yeah. It was, I literally so, own 20 Peter Kraft books. 
I think we do too. We well, own. A we own like show. seventeen and a half. Okay, we're gonna come back to this. Think about this come. answer, Bobby. What's your favorite Peter Craft book? Continue, Jackie. Okay, so um, June twenty fourth, the second day of my novena, I re meet Bobby, and I remember we both had a huge crush on each other, but it was gonna go to the grave. This was gonna die because I'm thinking he's going to, you know, he's gonna be priest. He was in his third year of seminary, and and I didn't know, I didn't know that the whole time in seminary he was. It was a rough, like, he just, he knew he was called to be there, but he was very honest with his family and his friends. Like, every time he came back from a break, he'd be like, I don't know if I can do this. You know, I just don't. And he was very honest. So everybody kind of knew that Bobby was on the fence, fence, you know, Um, except for me, because I didn't know that part, you know. So we re-met. And we um we sat next to each other at the course, bad decision or very good decision. <laughs> and um, every time Dr. Cre- like Peter Craft would make a joke, we would like look at each other and like hold eye contact way too long, and then you're like, oh gosh, oh gosh, stop the eye contact. You know? <laughs> you're like, ha 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 ha. Yes. And then anytime, anytime Peter Craft would make a joke about like sex or marriage or he'd say something profound we would be like don't make eye contact don't make eye- like look at your paper look at your paper you know so <laughs> the union um, of man and woman is not a stereotype it's an archetype am uh, i right well he said at one point he said you're never more of a man than when you're in the presence of a real woman and you're never more of a, real, a woman than when you're in the presence of a real man and at that point we definitely were looking at our paper like don't look don't make eye contact you're a real man you're a real woman you know? <laughs> must must stare at paper. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was like three days in, and I I can't stand when like you know when like well in like romantic comedies or any kind of movie where they don't say anything. I hate that. So I just on Tuesday night I just said, hey, can we can we talk? And like Bobby's like thinking in his head, no, don't say you know. And then he was like, yes, okay. <laughs> so we went outside. It was like nine o'clock at night, and I just said, I said, okay, what's going on? Like. What's going on in your heart? And I kind of did the total small group leader thing where I like asked the question and like the silence, you know. <laughs> awesome. That's hilarious. Um, hey, I just want to ask you a quick question. Number one, did you understand everything in that talk? What in that talk <laughs> stood out to you? Followed up with what's going on in your heart? <laughs> <laughs> what's going on in your heart? And so Bobby, as like objectively as possible. I was being very scientific. He was like, well, clearly there is either a veiled or thinly veiled attraction here. <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there are pheromones being given off no he didn't say that but he was like you know clearly you're an attractive like an attractive woman you're, you're funny and because i thought it was one-sided on my end i thought i had a crushy crush that she was just tolerating <laughs> jackie isn't it funny how clueless men are about yes. this whole yes. relationship interplay thing yes and I- <laughs> well you know it was really like it, that is amazing. That is, it really is amazing. Like she's paying attention to me. She must have pity on me. Yes. Not, she must be into me. Yes. That's not on the radar at all. Yeah. So Bobby, again, I'm again, I'm glad that I kind of had the cojones to be like, let's talk about this. Cause, and I thought to myself too. The cojones. I, I thought, I'm not, I'm not familiar with that term. What does cojones mean? <laughs> Balls. Okay. Balls. <laughs> I think it's German. Yeah, German. <laughs> I believe I believe it is German. Comes from the German word Heimenfeifen for uh, testicles. For testicles. Yeah, testicles. Okay, so uh, <laughs> you're never um, gonna get get through this story. I know. I know. So basically, so I again, thought, like, what is a cojones? No, I'm sorry. 
Um, I, I thought to myself, like, listen, if, if Bobby's called to be a priest, it's not like you're never attracted to somebody. Like, I just, okay, let's just get this out there and, you know, should be honest with each other and be like, okay, fine, that's great. There's an attraction here. Um, and I, you know, so I let the silence sit a little bit after he said his his piece. And then I said, okay, well, clearly I'm attracted to you too. But if, again, if you're called to be a priest, like, then this is, you know, it's the, obviously nothing's going to happen. But I didn't know in his heart, he had been really praying for a way out of seminary for like a year. <laughs> My discernment was a long tug of war of definitely feeling the call of the priesthood. Well, the call to the seminary. Yeah, and I was blessed yeah. with a few diff- a few very great spiritual directors that helped me really see the growth and the, the ass kicking that Jesus was doing. And yet were detached enough to say, he may be calling you to a different mission and be open to that. And was, you know, some really good days I could see myself as a joyful priest. And some days where I was like, I don't, I can't, the celibacy thing is not me. Like I just need an earthly bride and an earthly family. Like I just, I won't be me without it. And really prayed for a loud, blonde sign. <laughs> and, and hello, and, here I am. So I feel like I feel like your seminary prayer was since you wanted to get out of there was like, "Dear God, send me a blonde so I can fly far, far away from here." <laughs> Dear God, I was send just me thinking a that. That's oh all. That's gosh. all I have to say. About Can't that. sit here. <laughs> that's all. Oh my gosh. So basically after that week, I mean, that was kind of, it was from there it was downhill because he, we both knew and like from there it was just downhill of like, okay, like he, you know, we kind of got to, I kind of got to know his story and everything. But after that week I was like, well, you need to talk to your spiritual director. So he talked to his spiritual director, he talked to his bishop and his bishop, when he calls his bishop and says, Bishop, I met the girl I'm going to marry. And his bishop starts laughing, goes, well, Bob. We kind of thought you were a crapshoot anyways. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best thing a bishop has ever said. That was, it, was awesome. most, it was the most joyful phone call. And he's the one that actually came out and did our wedding, our wedding did our mass. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's great. I was about to ask you how many hundreds of priests did you have at your wedding? We asked like 10, but because they were all, a lot of them were far away. Only I think we had like five. <sighs> but I had a ton of seminarian friends. Now they're now priests. Uh, that came out and other priestly friends and I supplied the clergy. Jackie supplied the musicians. Yeah. <laughs> we had like Ike and Dolo and Sarah Kroger did our music oh, and it was just, man. Oh. Sa- can I just say one thing about Sarah? Please. She uh me and her did a conference with the Josh Blakesley band at Sumil South. Yeah. And she sang Oh my dear Lord, what is the the uh King of my was heart. it the King of My Heart? Yes Oh, my it was just, God. oh, we were there, dude. Of course Remember? you were there. That's right. I immediately forgot that, but now I'm backpedaling. Yes, I looked, you were I there. looked you in the eyes, Gomer. I looked you in the eyes. <laughs> Shit. Man, she was oh. incredible for that song. Yeah. Oh, that's, I told her she needs to record that song because oh, it's amazing. My Sings it amazing. goodness. Anywho. Yeah. And I'm going to see them in uh, like five, uh, six, seven days. Oh, okay. Awesome. Are, they, are you at another? I'm doing the like, Atlanta XLT. Awesome, awesome. Dumb. So you asked me about the novena thing. Well, the novena portion was that, you know, Bobby and I, he talked to his bishop, he talked to the vocations director, and basically um, he exited seminary like August 1st, and then he and his brother came out to California like the next week. To confirm and make sure. Yeah, the, to, to make legit. sure this wasn't like some summer loving, like he was <laughs> the best looking guy at the conference, so he's my only shot. You know, like kind of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How dare you? 
<laughs> hey, do you ever feel like when you're single and you go to these events, you yes. literally you're in a group of like a hundred people and you're just looking around for the people who are relatively your age, who's yes. the hottest? Yes, that's what I'm saying. So I wanted to make sure this wasn't some summer loving kind of like. I think that's a human thing. Like I think that's a very humorous and and natural phenomena. I think that's not bad. I think that's just a human thing. You nope, know? Nope. We, nope. That's a result of your sinful nature, and you're going to hell. Go on. <laughs> that 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 is in the total, catechism. Total depravity. I'm a Calvinist. Go on. Catechism three five two seven. So anyway, <laughs> anywho. Um, <laughs> Anywho, so Bobby and his brother come out to California, and it was just such a confirmation of, like, my family loved him. My friends loved him. It was just like, yes. Like, I, I just – hanging out with him, I was like, this is the guy. And and so when he went back home, his dad picks them up from the airport, and his dad's like, so, is this girl the one? And he was kind of silent for a little bit, and his brother Dan goes, if he doesn't say yes, he's an idiot. you know. And so Bobby's <laughs> like, yes, dad. Yes, dad, this is the one. And my dad's not a let's waste time on things. So he the next day he's like, Well, you wanna go find a ring? Yeah. I'm like, All right. So, <laughs> so, the next they go ring shopping. And Bobby already had a diamond in his family. It was his great grandma's diamond and um Yeah, she had a couple and so a couple laying around, was, whatever. That was that was fantastic from a, on a seminary on a standpoint. seminarian budget. Um, <laughs> so yeah. And I pulled totally pulled a Jim Halpert of not even a first date, but had a ring. No, we went on one. We went on a date because you came into California. We went on a date. And yeah, we did one date, and then I bought was the your, ring. Was your brother there sitting in between you two? No, but he was we, our chastity cop that week, so we we ditched him pretty fast. But yeah, hey brother, look over there, scream, <laughs> run. <laughs> oh my gosh! So so it turns out Bobby bought the ring. Um, and then moved to Cal- he got a job in California and you know, everything just happened very quickly. Like God just took care of all of it. And three months later he proposed to me. And when I ask him, I'm like asking him all these questions when he proposes, I'm like, how, how did you ask my dad? I'm like, when did you buy the ring? And he told me he bought the ring on August 15th. And I was like, are you kidding me? Cause that was the last day of my 54 day novena. And he had no idea so, like, the first day of my novena, I didn't even know who my future spouse was. And I knew that, obviously, again, like, the novena is not just, like, an ATM. Like, I knew I was just praying for my future spouse. Like, the prayers were effective and efficacious, but it didn't mean that I was going to meet him, you know? So, it just was, like, God. I was like, God, you were just have a, you have a funny sense of humor. Well, so. and, and Mary's guided the whole thing. Like, we did the consecration to Mary. The in, same year. The same year, individually, like, apart. Like, we didn't know we were doing it. So, I mean... Mary has totally guided the whole relationship, and I think... And we met at the Theology of the Body, and JP, too, was just so dedicated to but, Mary. And But here's my favorite thing about your whole story, okay, is the first guy wanted to propose to you in Rome with Jesus and <laughs> historical 2,000 years of Catholic churchiness. <laughs> Bobby proposed to you, if I'm not mistaken, at a... Uh, at a um, at a Mumford and Sons concert. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. That's, that's pretty Catholic for a millennial. Catholic both and here. Oh I think, my gosh. You can have both. Well, the problem was he wanted to propose during I Will Wait For You, which he had checked their set list and they had always played it during the encore. So like, I got a whole concert to hang out and just chill and this is going to be great. Get hammered. Yeah, and totally had liquid courage, and they played it the second 
flipping song. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. So I, I could like, not, con- is, I cannot I'm concentrate like, the rest of the is time. Is it game time? It's game time. I have to do this. I have to do this right now. This is the song. Okay. Yeah. You're like, so, um, you know how this song is like, I will wait for you. Well, like I was in seminary and I was like, I was totally waiting for you. So will you marry me? <laughs> and I'm like, totally like a virgin for you. I mean, like, <laughs> like a secondary virgin for you. Cause it was like post conversion. I went into seminary. Anywho, long story. I love you. Will you marry me? <laughs> I will wait. I will. Oh my gosh. If there was that much dialogue, it basically, I, I, he was holding my hand, and we had, like, these, like, hand warmers because it was a really cold night, surprisingly, in California. And and then all of a sudden, he takes out he, – he takes his hand away and puts his hand back in mine, and I feel this, like, something different, and it's a ring box. And I look at him, and he's, like, shaking like a leaf. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever, whatever grand speech I had prepared was out the door. Oh, there was cause... no speech. He basically – I look at him, and I'm like – uh, he gets on his knee during the part where says, I'll kneel down. And he goes, Jackie, we marry. I'm like, are you serious? Like, are you serious? Like, yeah, half? it wasn't was a yes no way. It was, are you serious? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Because <laughs> it was, it was kind of this look around like, this is the most romantic thing you could have thought of right here. <laughs> How awesome would it have been if she was like, are you kidding me? Are you serious? And you're like, I'm just messing with you. And you just stood oh. up and kept listening to the song. <laughs> A you real Jim bastard. Halpert. Yeah, that's what I I've been like, no. No, yes. Yeah, you bastard. You I, bastard. I just couldn't I couldn't concentrate. Yeah, like after that, like questions were running through my mind. Like, how did you ask my dad? Like how long have you had the room? So I was relieved and I just wanted to enjoy the show, but she's asking about questions. All right, honey. We had our moment. <laughs> Mumford and Sons and is playing. Little Lion Man's on right now, so the band is on right now, honey. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was in a daze. Oh man, but uh, it was, it was, yeah, just God, God totally guided it all. Yeah, oh. and, and, but that was years in the making. Like, there were so many years of discerning and agony and wondering where the hell is God and why won't he just answer the cry of my heart? And God moves slow. Uh, sometimes God moves fast. Yeah. I believe it was uh, the, Catholic Saint DMX who said <laughs> in It's Dark and Hell's Hot album, mm. I, may, I may not come in the voice of God, mind you. I may not come when you want, but yo, I'm always on time. My child, I watched you grow up and I've been there. Uh-huh. Even at those times you least expected it, I was there. Right. And look at what I've given you, a talent to rhyme. I may not come when you call, but I'm always on time. Yes. Thank you, Prophet DMX. I just shed a tear while cleaning a dish. <laughs> <laughs> rough rider. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. oh no! But uh, yeah, it's so true. Like God, I, I and I, as a single woman, I just knew God's timing would be better than my own, and I knew that. You know, I was like, "Our Lord, like whenever, whenever you want to bring him, like I know that maybe I'm not ready or he's not ready." And sure enough, like God's time was the best. So. I, this, yeah. this, is, this is funny to me because I remember back when I was a Life Team Youth Minister. I would go on the Life Team blog. I contributed to the website. I would write articles every so often. And then I stopped for a long time because I was trying to do some other stuff. And uh, and I see this article on that you wrote, Jackie. I don't know if you remember this. You're, you're sitting on top of a, a couch or something. Yes. I remember so the right. image. Yeah, I'm like, why didn't she sit on the comfortable part of the couch? 
there's there's so much pillow underneath what, her feet. She's what, what every what every man thought when he saw that image. Right. Why why does she sit on the couch? Well, this is inefficient. She's sitting on the back of the couch. This is terrible. Girls are stupid. <laughs> Moving along. But and, and I remember the the article was something about, you know, being single and a well or whatever. And I just remember, like, looking at that photo and being like, how the hell are you single? Like, I know how I'm single. I look like a sea urchin. <laughs> but how the hell are you single? But – and, and that these were these and, – and I knew you. And I knew you had this delightful – personality you were funny you were hilarious you were engaging you loved your faith you did you sang and danced you did it all and uh and, like monkey. <laughs> yes but the 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 point that that i think needs to drive home there are so many people who wrestle who are restless in their singleness yeah you know they don't understand like they're faithful they're great catholics they do all the right things quote unquote and yet they're struggling with being single. They look around, especially women who seem to outnumber men like five to one or whatever. Yes, yes. And they look around and they're like, where are the good Catholic men? I'm I'm now 27. I go to the singles or the young adult or the whatever, theology on tap. And all the guys that are there that are cool are married or engaged or seriously dating. And the guys that aren't are like kind of weird and, or sketchy or like. Oh no! I mean, like I'm Catholic, but I don't really practice, you know. And you're yes, like, yeah. Uh. So what do you what? Uh, so really, what I'm saying is, Bobby, what advice do you have for those women? <laughs> <laughs> no, I like I. I would say that when I was single, I I had to come. Um, to the real- I said, Bobby. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. I, I look over at him, and he's like, uh. <laughs> Watch Bobby. more Superman movies, brah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Bobby, do you? Yeah. He's <laughs> like, I got nothing. Listen, my goals for this podcast were to reference Nickelback, Evanescence, and, and Batman. No, Raymond Arroyo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm feeling good. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, okay, go. Seriously, though, for I, I would say when I was a single woman, I had to come to the realization that, like, I may never get married. And if I were never called to be married, would I still be joyful? And would I still, would God alone be enough yeah, for is, me? Is God enough? Is God enough? And I, I think so many people make marriage an idol, and they really think, like, their life doesn't start till they get married. And really, I've noticed... Like, again, if you're a miserable single person, you're going to be a miserable married person. And if you're a joyful single person, you're going to be a joyful married person. Oh, because will you I- tell that to my wife? <laughs> <laughs> just, kidding. just kidding. Sorry. But I, she, I, doesn't I really... listen. she doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> just so I can say whatever I want. But the funny Love thing you. was she doesn't listen to the show unless I physically play it for her. And the other oh. day I was playing one part for her. Uh, and then it was it went from, like, the funny part that I wanted to play. And then right after that I was like. So, Luke, the reason why I say this is because my wife has my testicles in a jar in her nightstand. And I was like, ha, 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 you weren't supposed to hear that part. I got to turn my phone off and immediately go to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, my God. We love you, Shannon. We love you. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's awesome. I, yeah, so I just think single people, um, there's this, yeah, there's this idolization that happens when it comes to marriage. And... I I just thought like my vocation might be 
to be in heaven with Jesus. And so I was just happy as a single person. I thought, God, use me how you will. Like, I want to be joyful and healthy and holy and um, like whatever you want from me. I, I want your will to be done. So I was a joyful single person. But I see a lot of people. And I, I, I even met this one girl who she really had some issues. Like her dad was an alcoholic. He was abusive. And she really thought getting married would like heal that. And when she got married, she realized like, Oh, I still, I still have issues. Like I still got my stuff, you know? And, and, and it didn't, I, the people have this idea that it heals all your problems. And in truth, it really, <laughs> this word makes me laugh, exacerbates. Um, <laughs> Cause it sounds like masturbate, but it's not. Well, I had a friend who one time said exa- you... exacerbate. And I said, no, no, that's not the word. <laughs> um, oh, we play the chime right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Did Everett Fritz, was he that friend of yours? He... Oh my God. <laughs> then did he like yell at everyone? Exactly. <laughs> like marriage exacerbates the problem. <laughs> Uh, did he call everyone fat and then uh, shame Gomer? Oh. Moving on. Oh, gosh. Well, no, I, I just think like, like that's – so I didn't re- – I did not get married till I was 32. And if you had told me that – oh, It was a fine wedding. It was very fun. If you had told me that when I was 23, I think I would have been like devastated. Been like, well, like what's wrong with me? But I loved being single. Like I re like I I, I almost like I I mourned it a little bit when I got married, and I think that like a lot of people they just don't want to. I, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I have a lot of ideas as as to why there's that disconnect, but it it doesn't have to be there. Like it, it can be a really really great time. There are things that I can't do right now that I genuinely miss. Oh, yeah, of course. It's such a fruitful time where you can devote energy to reading and study and prayer. And mm-hmm. the time the time demands change. And watching Marvel movies. God, you people are so holy. That can still happen. Hey, <laughs> can I just say we were on a, a flight where to and from the event we watched because we're parents. And so we're slow now on all this. We watched Civil War on the way out. We On the way back, we watched... Batman vs Superman. This was two weeks ago. Right into X Men: Age of Apocalypse. Gotcha. So I am all caught up on my superheroes. Yeah, we can't go to movies like we used to. Because <laughs> we have. I have I have four children. You have a measly two. The oldest <laughs> of my four kids is six, which means we had them way too close together. Okay, <laughs> I don't sleep ever. Okay, <laughs> but I still find time to watch in the movie theaters Civil War. Age of Apocalypse. <laughs> I, I, that's because you have Jaeger. That's that's why. Yeah, but and does no wife, one understand. Does wife go? My who? No, he. What <laughs> he does is oh, uh, he goes with one back. of our buddies. Listen, okay. So let me let me just lay the record out straight. I drove thirty minutes to see the movie <laughs> with my friend Thomas, who pays <laughs> for me to go see all the major movies. But see? also, but I saw Civil War with my wife. And and Thomas and his wife. It was a double date, <laughs> and it was awesome because I took off work to go and see it. Thank you, America. <laughs> I yeah, I don't know my excuse. I mean, I when was Civil War? When did that come out? Last May, last summer. I mean, we had just had a baby, like in February. Yeah, so it would have oh, been. We had just had a baby in February. You see, oh, you. you see the disconnect. <laughs> February and May are months apart, like maybe even like three. 
You just a man. Priorities change with offspring. It's I weird. I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I don't I, know. I, if I have four offspring, probably, maybe more. Midnight showing <laughs> in another life. But, but you know what? Actually, you know, Sarah Swafford said to me. She said, "Jackie, two under two is the hardest it will ever be." She's yeah. like, even when your kids get older, yeah. they are self sufficient. They can, you know, they can feed themselves. She's like, but two under two, they're both helpless. They're, you don't have any help. So I think they're for dumb us, as shit. So <laughs> I have my, my, my two girls. So I have two girls, two boys. My two girls are 15 months apart. So difficult. Took a, took a, a longer gap. And then we had my Noah and Thomas, the two boys, and they're like 18 months apart. But the hardest part of it all was number three. Because mm. you're out. Number, number four was easier than number three. Well, yeah, for, who was it? I think Randy Rouse, who has eight don't, kids, he said. Yeah. Actually, I've asked a few people with blood. <laughs> don't of, do the man-to-man versus zone. I've heard that so well, many times. No, no, no. He just said, I've heard from family people who have large families, they said number three is the hardest because after that, you know, you're outnumbered, but they said after that, your kids are old enough to start helping yeah. you yeah. with stuff. Yeah. I, I have a feeling our oldest will refuse to help, though. <laughs> <Stop. She> will... <laughs> Listen, let me tell you. No, that's 100% true. Kateri did nothing. Nothing for number three. <laughs> she was lazy. She was complacent. She didn't change oh, a single she... diaper. I'm like waking up in the middle of the night, and I'm like, Kateri, where are you? And she's like, Candy, stop! I'm sleeping. And I'm like, Oh, that's not even good English. So it was, it was terrible. Okay, child, la- child labor laws are not what they used to be. <laughs> They're not. Thanks, Obama. Hashtag. Thanks, Obama. Uh, real quick, I want to not by real quick. I mean. I'm six beers in, so this is going to go on and on. Jackie. <laughs> Jackie. Yes. Yes. The state of Catholic liturgical music. Oh, my gosh. Go. Have you been do drinking have- at all, Jackie? Have you? How have long you do you seen- have, man? Do we have another hour. No, we don't have another hour. That sounds like atrocious. But we we have some time because we – so we interviewed Audrey Assad. And she's yeah. like, I'm not a praise and worship. What was it, Luke? I'm not a praise and worship leader. I'm a devotional leader. Uh, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Like the notion was like, I mean, the biggest problem is this this confrontation between modern, easily accessible. Like praise and worship music is a little bit of rock, a little bit of folk. If you're into Hillsong, Young and Free, it's totes techno. The it's it's Ugh. accessible for young dude. I love Hillsong Young and Free. Uh, it's totally accessible. <laughs> Little over Hillsong. I know. Fair enough. Uh, it's totally accessible for people. It's utilitas. It's useful, but it's alien to the liturgy. Right. So what? I don't know. What are, What are your thoughts? Um. Oh gosh. Well, I feel like I've only seen music done well probably like 10 percent, maybe 20 percent of the time which is really a sad and and i'm not even just talking about um contemporary play but you know i i I, you can absolutely see the difference between like a choir or a cantor or a contemporary group that they're totally performing it and it's all about them versus someone who is praying the liturgy um it's such a difference such a difference um but when it comes to music yeah, I I'm always like really sad, Bob. <laughs> and it's hard as a it's hard as a music minister when you go to mass and you're not leading music because you're always like trying to 
Oh, you're trying not to think about it, not to critique critique it and how horrible it is because (laughs) in general. (laughs) Well, that's the wrong pitch. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, no, not even that, but just like the the music choices or like or if I go to contemporary mass and like it's it's um, the procession, the Eucharistic, it's communion. And they're not even singing a song about the Eucharist. You know, they're they're not even singing like the songs are just kind of random praise songs like. And so they have right, nothing this, to do with what's going for on. For this communion hymn, as we go forward, we're going to sing Eric Clapton's Wonderful Tonight. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> True story. In the, in the Garden of Eden, baby. True we're story. Yes, that actually Lord. happened. Yes, Lord. No, it did not. Mm-hmm. No. I, one, one show that I want to create ahead of time is I want to interview three or four people that I have selected who are, I want to call it the passion of the church worker. And one avid listener, Rebecca, ha- told me that when I when we were when she was still a youth minister, she was like, "The worst part about doing this youth mass is the the choir director feels free to play Eric Clapton music during communion." No, that is terrible. I see. The thing is, like, listen, you if know, you got an aching head and you want to get into bed, but darling, you look wonderful tonight. <laughs> Oh my gosh! That's so terrible. Uh, I yeah, I wish that there could be more training for like for youth for music ministers and even contemporary. Uh, I I understand why people hate contemporary music or like why people are so pompous when it comes to they hate guitars and mass. I understand why? because why? I've only why? seen it. I've only seen it done well a few like with very few people. Like, and I can mm-hmm. name. I could name the musicians I respect and I think do a very good job of doing contemporary music because it's prayerful. They pick songs that are reflect what's going on in the liturgy. Well, and who, then I've gone to who? Who, who would you say like that have contemporary music in it? Oh, Matt Marr does an amazing job, obviously. Ike, Indolo, Ben Walther, um, Josh Blakesley, you know, like these like Audrey and and so people like that who they do a beautiful job um just leading Leading, it's not about them. It's um, about the liturgy. So they don't just pick what's the newest hit on the radio or what's like on on Christian radio, but they they actually pay attention to like this is an entrance hymn, like this is a communion hymn, you know. So I don't know. I I, I understand why people because we've seen so many contemporary liturgies or music and, and it's just they're terrible. Can oh, I, how yeah. much? I'm, Oh, sorry, Luke. You go. No, say that. I'm. I'm just honestly at a at at a point right now where I would almost rather like not have music if it's not going to be done well. Yes. Because I mean, just, I, yeah. It sounds just. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's bad. And we, you know, I, I basically, I don't, I, when people ask me what my preference is, I say I, I just prefer music that is beautiful and it leads to the sacred. Because I don't care if it's a cantor, or if it's a choir, or if it's a Gregorian chant, or if it's contemporary music. But if it leads to the sacred to me and it's beautiful, like it's beautiful, that is good music. And it should draw us closer to God and not distract us. So, because I've seen some choirs that have been really bad or some cantors who are, you know, or like a, an organ and a cantor where they just don't understand dynamic or, um, yeah, and it's just like a performance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I have experienced beautiful contemporary music and a liturgy, and I've experienced beautiful Gregorian chant. Like, and I also feel like even contemporary musicians have a responsibility to have a good diet of music. Like, it shouldn't all just be stuff that's from two thousand 
15 and 16, you know, like mm-hmm. they should have, like, I always made sure when I was a music minister, I always told my music minister, I said, listen, we need like a, an older hymn because I don't ever want teens going through this parish and not knowing be thou my vision. Like, I don't want them to go through this parish and not know these beautiful old hymns. Um, so I always wanted to make sure I have a good diet of music in can the I, liturgy. Can I tell you my, the scariest day of my life was when I was talking to a priest at a youth ministry event. And, uh, he said, you know, one of my problems with contemporary music is people aren't introduced, especially the teenagers aren't introduced to the traditional hymns of the church. And I was like, oh, bro, uh, speaking as a person who loves the Latin mass, I was like, oh, man, yeah, I'm right there with him. He goes, you know, like people don't know gather us in. They don't know. (laughs) They don't know. They'll know we are Christians by our love. Like they don't know pieces flowing like like they don't know know all are welcome. They don't know on Eagle's wings. And he goes, and it really bothers me that they don't know that. And I looked at him and I go, whoa, wait a second. Are you talking about Hogan and Haas? Because (laughs) if you're saying Marty Hogan, uh, this is the funniest thing. There is this, uh, there's this website that I I found because I'm, I am now, I'm like, I'm on a, a, like a campaign against Hogan and Haas and all the others. (laughs) I'm like active and and you're not allowed to talk about music when it comes to the church because that's when people punch people. And, uh, so I started, I'm like, I don't care. I'm done with this stuff. I hate it. It's, it's, it's heretical. It doesn't even make sense in the liturgy. And then I went online, I Googled, uh, Marty Hogan and I found out that he's a a Lutheran for the evangelical Lutheran church of America, which is like the most liberal blah, 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 blah. blah. And the funny thing is in the, in the, it's like a bio written about him. And it says Marty Hogan's music has been featured in, in ELCA Lutheran churches all throughout America. And also in very liberal Catholic churches. And I was like, (laughs) very liberal in every Catholic church, except for Sede Vacantists. Thank you. Sede Vacantists. (laughs) By the way, I don't know if you saw on like Twitter Novus Ordo Watch. They said the only place <laughs> that the hymn, the hymn "All Are Welcome" is sung, is in hell. <laughs> I think I saw that. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Novus Ordo Watch. I personally don't. don't think we have enough songs about eagles. Or birds. <laughs> I think we could use a couple more. Y'all, I started writing a song called My Dirty Pigeon Soul because I don't think the pigeon gets enough credit. I think there's the old songs and there's songs about Dove. I wanted to sing about My Dirty Pigeon Soul. Okay, so. can I tell you that I actually own a CD? It's a single about pigeons. No. Remember the song from TLC, No Scrubs? Yeah. Of course. Oh, I don't want no scrubs. Something, something, get no love from me. Well, then a group of uh, rappers, I want to say from Houston, but I'm probably wrong. But they released a CD <laughs> called No Pigeons. No. Yeah. Oh, my. They don't want no pigeons because it's a, I guess they carry diseases in their mouths. Like oh, It took a dark turn. It did. It did. Well, that's why, that's why my dirty pigeon soul makes sense. You know, I think. <laughs> it's very confessional, you know. It is. It is. I said, you know, Lord, heal me from my disease. You know, like, I just like, I can imagine you sitting on a piano playing, and this is for 
all the whores out there <laughs> whose, ma- whose you know mouths who you carry are. so many venereal diseases. Oh Let my us God. pray. I need to write it. I need to do like a Harry Carey, like, Dinkle Donkle, my dirty pigeon soul. Yeah, I need to do it. Goulet. Goulet. <laughs> you win. Uh-oh, anyway, your friend looks hotter. Uh-oh, game is something we got a lot of. I see this girl like your love. Thought she said thug, but she called me a scrub. Scrub? What? She must have tucked me a joke. Broke pigeon head freak. Lucky I spoke. You need to do yep. me a favor. You need to write that song at least maybe 15 seconds, and that'll be the intro music for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Will you please do that? Because um, I literally, I literally spent four hours, four hours trying to uh, create my own version, or excuse me, the Catching Foxes version of... <laughs> of same thing. Yeah, same thing. Of Stranger Things 80s synthesizer. Uh-huh. You don't play the drums on the intro of every podcast? No, I mean, I do. It's very exhausting. <laughs> I do. It's all live. It's all live. Yeah, you know, it's so oh, exhausting. But we spent so much time trying to find that song, and when we did, it was so exciting. Anyways, go on. So calm while you play the drums. <laughs> My arms are so sore when we just begin the show. I'm just done. <laughs> so I sit in a rocking chair, and I just ask Luke to take it over. <laughs> so, Luke, how do we even end the show? Can I just, Gomer, can I just say, real quick, go to on. come back around, circle. Go on. <laughs> you guys aren't making sense anymore. The uh, goof, goofy answer to the Peter Crave book would be I surf, therefore I am, which actually is delightfully philosophical. And he he, he lit up when he I asked him to sign it for me. At that course. At the course, okay. because he's like, no one ever brings me this book to sign. Like he... And then we had like a 20-minute conversation on surfing. He pretty much ignored me because I'm a woman. And then he, he looked at Bobby with all <laughs> <laughs> Talk about surfing, it was amazing. On a, so, but it's Do you a great surf, book. Bobby? When I can, the Pacific is very cold. I'm a Florida boy. So. It is. But Jackie, on a serious note, Jackie, do back you surf? Virtue is phenomenal. Wait, do I surf? Yeah. No, I, I boogie board. I like love boogie boarding. Surfing, I, yeah, I've tried. I just, I, I, you need too much patience. <laughs> and I don't have much. Like, oh, Fair enough. So, Bobby, you said you just said Back to Virtue is this your favorite book? Oh, I, God, I think yeah. I think I think if you only had you know, I'm sure we could argue about this for another hour. But Back to Virtue is so good, so good. Luke, what's your favorite Peter Kreeft book? Uh, well, this is really fun, you guys. Jackie, what's your favorite? Is it is it is it Back to Virtue? Yes, yes. I actually wrote a song, like my the song that's the title track of my second album was based on one of Peter Kreis' books, and it's um it's I was reading that book, and it's called, um the three philosophies of life. Oh, that's my book, girl. Is it so? I wrote my Ecclesiastes: Life as uh, Life as uh, Vanity, Job: Life as Suffering, and Song of Songs: Life as Love. That's my book. That's the back cover, and my mind exploded when I read that. Oh my gosh! Did you read? Yeah, the, wrote, you like the book? That's your book? Yeah, and I wrote a song because I was so inspired. What's to, the name of the song? 
it's called Divine Comedy, and it just sounds like a radio song about a boy. But if you know that book, you'll see all the little nuggets of where where that came from. Like poop nuggets. Yeah, like little poop, not poop nuggets. Nuggets of poop. Holy, holy chicken nuggets. Luke, are you ready now? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh my gosh, Jackie, that is my book. It's so good. So it good. changed my entire life. It's literally the reason why I went into philosophy as an undergraduate. How did we not get married? Oh, wait, the handsome thing. <laughs> oh, never mind. Damn it. Because you look like a sea urchin. Because I look like a sea urchin and, he, and you look like a Greek god. Son of a... <laughs> hey, Luke, can you tell him six beers in? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that- Tell all the people that follow me that this is like a PG thirteen uh, rated because I have like twelve year olds following me, so I need to I need to tell them that this is don't for eighteen plus. Them. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. Eighteen. Stop. <laughs> I'll have Catholic moms like hate, giving yeah, me a hate mail. That's fine. Dear Jackie, I loved your beautiful album. Well, you spoke so much about Jesus. However. <laughs> I heard you on the latest episode of Catching Foxes and heard your... and the pigeon whore thing just wrong. It's just wrong. And I heard your, your pirate hooker mouth, and I just have to say, my daughter will no longer be purchasing your album. Signed Homeschool Mom Elite at Yahoo.com. I seriously had a tweet like that from a mom. Oh my gosh. Where can people find you, Jackie? Um, either JackieFrancois.com or JackieAndBobby.com. Bobby, where can people find you? You can't find me. Excellent. Awesome. Excellent. They can find you behind a guitar or another stringed instrument oh, in Jackie's God. profile picture. I'm holding yeah. a baby in the background. Or that... pretty much Jackie Francois on like Twitter, Instagram, and I post stuff of Bobby all the time. So that's what they can I just want Bobby. you to prepare your hearts that the album art for this episode is going to be your profile picture with all of the stringed instruments. Oh, okay. The one of us with the kids. Like, that's our announcement for Zazie, right? Yes. Okay. You got, hey, Mark, go, or... go listen to Divine Comedy, and you will you will get the nuggets because you've read that book. You will get the nuggets of poop. No, stop. Not poop nuggets. Philosophical nuggets. Luke, where can people find you? Uh, I'm all over the place. You are. You're in every poop nugget from here to Des Moines. <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh, gosh. This is just... Cured. I am cured. I can't believe this is cured. No, that's what we have to end on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you can follow me at Lay Evangelist because I am holy and have nothing to do with poop jokes. God bless you all and have a good night.